Hey there, and welcome to Lighting with Lisa, the podcast, your audio home for all things residential lighting related, from industry news to trends to my own hot takes on showroom life. I'm glad you're here. Hello and welcome fellow lighting nerds and friends to Lighting with Lisa, the podcast, sponsored this week by Fanimation. Thank you so much, Fanimation, for sponsoring the podcast. I very much appreciate it. Um, And stay tuned for more from Fanimation. So this week's episode, oh, housekeeping note at the top. Don't forget if you have ideas, suggestions, just follow-up commentary on a podcast episode, please email me at lisa at lightingwithlisa.com. I super appreciate anyone who takes the time to send a message, even if it's just a few sentences. Um, I will combine that potentially into an upcoming upcoming episode. Um, And of course, I can keep you as anonymous or visible as you want. If you uh, personally would like to be featured on an upcoming episode of the podcast, please also reach out via email. If your company is interested in sponsoring a podcast, please reach out to that email. Um, I would be delighted to hear from you. And also don't forget in the show notes are two very useful light fixture groups. One is the fixture finder group and the other is the uh, residential lighting industry job board. Please follow those links, join those groups, and stay engaged with a positive momentum in our industry. Thank you so much, and I'll be on the lookout for your emails. So the topic this week is margins, margins, margins. <laughs> I'm super excited for this episode. I really am. It's one of the biggest ongoing challenges in any business, right? So every business is looking to increase their margins. There's not one of us that isn't. <laughs> it's um, it's necessary and it's um, important. And how we all uh, aim to grow and thrive is by boosting our margins. So the challenge in lighting is the margin squeeze. This really started in my opinion, with uh, the the thriving <laughs> of e-commerce businesses and all of the related IMAP, MAP, pick your right you know acronym there um, for each varies by manufacturer, but so many of those MAP prices ended set up, you know, we went through a whole, you know, ups and downs and ups and downs with those, but they ended up settling out around at at a standard number. Um, Because this podcast is public, I'm not going to stay what that number is. (laughs) Although anyone in the industry listening to this is well aware, but in the event we have a consumer listening to the podcast, I don't want to give up um, that information. So we bounced around a bit, but we settled on a, you know, retail price structure in our industry. And that retail price structure online um, did not necessarily correspond with what everyone's brick and mortar um, pricing levels were. Um, not that 
I think at the end of the day, things were so much different, but because of how the lighting showroom business operates, because of who the general clientele is, we just had things programmed a different way. And in doing so, we were able to maintain decent margin levels um, in a way that worked for our business, our customer mix, our stores. So pricing could, the retail price on the tag could vary between different brick and mortar showrooms across the country, depending on who their target audience was. Well, with e-com sales, um, that option went away, right? It just became too easy <laughs> for anyone to walk into any brick and mortar store, uh, find an item, go to Google or pick your favorite search engine, find that product, find it at a, a different price, a lower price potentially, and just buy now. Um, and this is really where um, I believe us in the brick and mortar showroom industry uh, really faced some some challenges because this really upended the structure of our businesses, like the business model that we had been following that people had been making work for decades by this time was almost overnight, like removed from us. So everyone had to scramble a bit, some quicker than others to get on board with this whole new system so that we could kind of repair these margin squeezing issues. Um, and I think by and large, a lot of people have, um, but it's still an ongoing concern, right? Because so much else about the way our businesses are structured and what our customers expect of us as brick and mortar retailers, like none of that changed, but our ability to charge a maybe a little bit more of a higher price um, that did go away. So we've all had to learn to be a little bit savvier, a little more economical, uh, a little more thoughtful um, in order to keep the margins where they need to be to ha- to sustain, sustain a healthy business. And then the other kind of newest wrinkle with this is when a brick and mortar showroom is in some version of competition with their own suppliers who are also selling products um, direct to consumer or whatever. It's just a it, it's just a challenging wrinkle, right? So um, I've said before on this podcast, I will continue to say it that what I really just think happens is we take the pie of customers who are interested in buying a light fixture, and all we do is like subdivide the the pieces of pie. So if the showroom pie was, you know, half the pie and the big box store was a quarter of the pie and e-com was a quarter of the pie, well, you um, insert the manufacturer's direct sales and that probably takes away a little from all the, the slices of pie. It just it adds the manufacturer slice in, but it shrinks everything else. We're not like growing the pie. We're just subdividing it differently. Um, and that is, you know, a challenge. Now, most manufacturers who do this, the, the pricing is very fair in terms of like, it's the same price on their sites as it would be on my own store's website. Um, it's just, it's just a thing, you know? Um, and I don't suspect it's going away. So I don't really see too much point in harping on it, (laughs) quite honestly. Um, this is, 
podcast in the Lighting with Lisa brand, it uh, this is a space for solutions, and it's not for complaints. It's not for name checking. It's not for any of those things. We just have to take what we have, highlight the issues. You know, there is um, absolutely a necessity to shine a light on these challenges and make sure. Um, everyone is aware of the implications of some of these policies. If you're not working front lines in a showroom dealing with consumers every day face-to-face, it might not be as clear to you how impactful some of these decisions are in the showroom world. Um, It might seem we're complaining about nothing (laughs) when there are complaints. So I'm really just trying to shine a light on the issue but we're not here to go in on anybody doing this or that or the other. We just have to figure out um, some solutions, some ways forward, some ways to um, understand what our operating challenges are and how to um, still find a way to thrive as a business given those challenges. And hopefully the challenges aren't so big that we end up going out of business, right? Like that is sort of the unsaid thing that's very scary about some of this stuff is, you know, we the reason we all worry so much about margins and the margin shrinkage we've experienced is when you look at that and you look at your overhead operating costs that um, for the most part are pretty fixed, um, when those numbers get real close together, it's a little scary. <laughs> so there um, is definitely always cause for concern on this topic. I just want everyone to identify what the issues are, identify which part of the issue if impacts your showroom the most, and then take active steps to find ways to boost your margin and profitability in your showroom. So um, one thing I've done in, in my own store and I talk about often is that knowing what uh, the manufacturers are doing like for the health of their own businesses, that definitely impacts my display decisions. Um, and, you know, we'll continue to do so. Um, I love everything in this industry, like so, so much. That's why I do this. But, um, I do have to make, you know, smart decisions based on what I see going on and what I know my own business needs in order to keep my staff employed and to be able to grow and try new things and expand the business and reach new customers. Um, there's just, you know, a certain baseline of health that we need to do all that. So I want to, I'm going to pause at this moment to thank our sponsor of this episode. And then after the, after the break, we're going to talk about different strategies for increasing margins. And, um, I'm going to go in depth on a few of these. So definitely stay tuned, um, for that. So this episode of lighting with Lisa is sponsored by Fanimation. Thank you so much, Fanimation, for sponsoring the podcast this week. If you didn't already know, um, here are some fun and exciting things about Fanimation that you should know and um, consider when you're looking for a ceiling fan line to stock and display in your showroom. 
So if you didn't know, I actually didn't know this, in January of next year, January 2024, Fanimation is celebrating 40 years in business. I suspect knowing the team at Fanimation, there will be some fun parties coming up at January Lightovation. So I don't actually know this, but I say stay tuned for whatever that is. <laughs> um, Fanimation's focus is entirely on ceiling fans, not chandeliers, not bathroom vanities, only fans. And so I talk about this a lot on the podcast in, in terms of like, when you're thinking about your business compared to like a big box store or one of these um, a conglomerate type stores that sell plumbing, lighting, whatever else. Um, you know, the beauty of working with the lighting showroom is you get really specific knowledge and experience on lighting and fans. And so Fanimation has that same quality where they are just focused on fans. Um, Fanimation is, I believe, most everyone knows, is a family-owned and operated business. They have the widest variety of residential and hospitality fans for indoors and outdoors. It's easily scalable line in so many sizes, finishes, you name it. The Every Fanimation DC motor includes the FanSync Wi-Fi as well as something that many of us have been asking for, um, color temperature tunable light kits. Uh, selectable on the handheld remote, not on the fan itself, on the remote. The choices are 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 Kelvin. Um, and that's on all Fanimation DC motor products, which is pretty cool. Um, Fanimation has a unilateral minimum retail price policy. Um, if you're a stocking dealer with Fanimation and you buy into their program at whatever the different levels are, your sales rep can clue you in on all of that. There's different incentives as your purchases with Fanimation grow. So do the incentives, pricing discounts, freight, spiff or co-op, avoid dropship fees, minimum order fees, and they incentivize year over year growth with growth with a volume rebate, which is um, one of my favorite things personally. The return policy is no restocking fee for products returned new in the box as long as the wires have not been cut within 60 days of the receipt of the product. And of course, the showroom pays the return freight back to Fanimation. But we all know um, on topic today, <laughs> returns are costly and impact margins. And lastly, Fanimation wants everyone to know that they pride ourselves in giving the best customer experience possible from sales through service to technical support after the sale. So thank you, Fanimation. Okay, so on to margins <laughs> and potential strategies. So if you Google the internet, <laughs> which I may or may not have done, I had a list I wanted to add to it. And I just, I think I've mentioned this before, but it always kind of makes me giggle <laughs> that the very first thing when you giggle, oh, when you Google, sorry, how to boost your margins is uh, raise prices. Well, as we know, that's out. <laughs> that's not something on our e-com qualified products from most of our lighting and fan manufacturers, raising prices just isn't a thing um, for the reasons mentioned at the top of the episode. Now, I will say this is where bringing in unique products really, really helps. 
So every showroom might have a different take on what a unique product is. Um, what I have been enjoying in my showroom is to bring in um, some decor and lifestyle products that correlate with um, the vibe of living in coastal southeastern Georgia in South Carolina. It's very popular. We have a lot of people moving to this area and have had for the past three years. So the anything that kind of suits the lifestyle of the area that we're able to bring in, whether it's um, tea towels with a cute graphic and a city name and, you know, location printed on it. Um, you name it, anything that, that corresponds with the, the lifestyle of our little corner of the world products we can bring in that, um, repeat that feeling that people really enjoy. Like that's why they're moving here we're able to get a bit higher margin. It's not, we're not locked into, um, you know, this is how much the chandelier costs and there's really no way around it. The retail price is the retail price. So with these other goods, especially ones that are like customized, um, you can get more margin. Now, do you have to sell way more of them to equal the ticket price of like one great ceiling fan or one great chandelier? Sure. Of course you do. But we're talking about boosting margins and finding products like this that you can add on to any sale and or <laughs> have available to a customer who's maybe in the process of building a home, just shopping your store in advance because they want some ideas. They know their builder is going to send them in anyway. They were in the area. They just wanted to poke around. They wanted to meet the salesperson, whatever the reason is. Even that experience could end up in a sale and then they'll be back. And then they'll realize that also you have these kinds of gifts or decor or pick whatever suits your market area and the profile of your business. I can only speak to the one that we've selected in my store, but there could be any number of other things that you would really key in on. Um, maybe you become like huge in artwork or uh, you pick <laughs> like, this is kind of where your creativity as the showroom owner, uh, working with your sales team, you can really kind of try to source products and find interesting things that you can make a higher margin on. And I highly recommend doing that supporting those product sales with great merchandising and getting your um, sales team really excited about those things. Um, whether it's um, something even as random as dog toys, <laughs> something that could be like really unique that um, really gets your team excited. Like candles has been kind of a traditional thing and candles are great. Um, but there are even more little unique niches that you can find that will really help in terms of keeping your margins just a little bit higher. And I definitely recommend exploring those. And one of the other points I'm going to make, well, let's just move on to it, is another way to keep your margins strong is to focus on customer retention and repeat visits. Um, so... Uh, 
a lot of stores do this via like a loyalty program. Like how many loyalty apps do you have on your phone <laughs> so that you can get a benefit? Um, and I get it. <laughs> I, I have not actually tried implementing a loyalty program at my store. If you have and have feedback that you'd like to share, please email me lisa at lightingwithlisa.com. I would love to hear some details on that and maybe I'd do some more research on it. Um, but that focusing on customer retention and repeat visits is really critical when you have a residential lighting and fan showroom. One of the other challenges in terms of things that we talk about often in our industry is um, it's not like everyone goes out every year and buys a new dining room chandelier, right? It's just not a thing. Well, if it is a thing, you have a lot of money, <laughs> but it's just not a, a common thing. It's, um, you know, I feel like we're lucky if people want to upgrade their lighting every five years, let alone uh, most people they move into a house, they might go on a renovation spree, um, and then that's it. We don't see them again for 20 years. So <laughs> so the, the idea here is to really focus on your customer retention, focus on a great customer experience so that they have blinders on when it comes to looking at lighting and fans. And we want to repeat their uh, visits to our showroom. And this again is where the first <laughs> recommendation about bringing in a, a, an array of products outside of lighting can be really helpful to continue to draw people into your showroom on a regular basis. So if you are primarily a, an amazing lighting and fan distributor, keep at it. But if you can also add on um, great local gifts, great hostess gifts, great um, accent furniture, um, little things that people do go out and shop for. And if they can remember that your store is really a place to go like, oh, I want to go here. I want to go there. And oh, I also want to go check out the lighting store because they bring in such cute product. Give people a reason to come into your store more frequently um, and for a different, like a wider array of purchases. Um, that way they're not thinking of your business once every 10 years. Maybe they're thinking of your business multiple times a year and visiting you and just bringing in that much more income. Maybe they're not spending $1,000 every time they come in, but if they spend $200 every time they come in and they do that a couple times a year, there's a lot of great value in keeping that customer and keeping them engaged with you. And the money you're going to make over the lifetime of that customer is really, really important to the health of your business. So don't, don't sell that short <laughs> for sure. So that's a, a huge one for me. Um, another really big one is to optimize your vendor partnerships. You can do this a number of ways, um, whether you consolidate suppliers, whether you do this or that. My um, my recommendation, quite honestly, and this is uh, um, no big secret to anybody who's been in the industry, is to really figure out your 10 or 15 best vendor partnerships for your business. And this is going to be different for every lighting showroom across the country. It's going to differ based on your, um, who your primary customer is. 
It's going to differ based on like what you're trying to do um, with the business. Are you trying to increase your retail sales? Are you trying to grow your builder business? Are you trying to grow your designer business? Whatever it is, we all have different needs, but really step back, especially as we approach the end of the year and think about what your growth targets are for 2024 in terms of customer and optimize your supplier relationships based on those targets. Consolidate your dollars. Your dollars are your friend (laughs) in this case. So the more you can aggregate your purchasing power with a smaller number of suppliers while also maintaining good relationships with any number of the other suppliers out there, This is not a zero-sum game. It's not one or the other. It is a both-and space. (laughs) But when you can really key in on those suppliers that are really critical to your business, work with those sales agents, work with those factories, get signed up for their incentive program um, that might make sense to your business, even if it costs a little upfront, if there's a longer-term payoff in benefits, do that. Get, Get whatever works for your business, whether like, is it more important to you to have free freight every day of the week? Is it more important to you to have inside discounts? When you commit to a brand, they will nine times out of 10 commit back to you. They just don't want, um, they want us to be clear about our partnerships. They want us to respect our partnerships and honor them. And as long as you go into it with all of that intentioned and well lined out for them about where you're taking your business, I promise you they'll meet you at the table and you can find a way forward and a way that boosts your bottom line and really helps your margin. It's one of the best things I've been able to do in my store and my personal plan for 2024 is to keep expanding and optimizing these relationships to drive even more sales and bottom line success for me. Um, it takes some time, right? You can't just flip a switch on this and it works perfectly overnight. You have to spend a year, a couple years really investing with a brand or two that aligns with what your product needs are for your showroom. Um, but when you can do that, it is truly, truly helpful, um, to the overall success of your business. So optimize suppliers for sure. Okay, so the other next one on um, margins. I'm just going to skip through a couple of these that are pretty easy. Uh, Reduce costs. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think we're all aware that the best way to increase margin is to reduce your overhead and fixed expenses. Um, It's probably the first thing everyone goes to (laughs) when they need uh, more profitability. So that one's pretty easy. Uh, Straightforward, I guess. Easy is the wrong word. Reducing costs is not easy, but it's a pretty straightforward one. Um, inventory management is always important. You know, make sure you're only buying what you need when you need it, um, that you're not running short of things and, you know, overpaying, um, it, you know, keeping your, your warehouse like appropriately stocked and clear of, you know, dead stock. Um, I'm always such a big fan of getting rid of discontinued product as quick as you can. So inventory management is always, always important. Um, there's two that are kind of hand in hand, um, markdowns. So the general rule of thumb, if you want to increase your margins is to avoid markdowns, avoid excessive discounting, but but back to that 
topic about uh, retail pricing. <laughs> There's IMAP holidays going on for almost everything you sell, like almost all the time anyway. Some brands are like literally always on sale. <laughs> and again, not here to name check anybody. This is very easy to figure out. Look at your own website <laughs> and you can see where the sales always are. So um, yeah, I'd love to avoid markdowns, but to some degree, I my hands are also tied on this because if it's a manufacturer's you know pricing holiday, I have to honor that. I can't I can't really argue <laughs> and say you should pay more for it. So the 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 tip here is to be smart about discounts, right? So we can't really avoid IMAP holidays as much as I would really love to see some moderation of IMAP holidays. Um, but we can try to be smart about our discounts. Um, you know, if you know you want to run a promotion on ceiling fans or exterior lighting, um, see about doing some sort of bulk buy at a discount so that you can offer like a special promo to your customers without it actually shrinking your margins. Um, you know, to some degree, we are retail businesses and discounting is always going to be a part of what we do. So the, I think really the best way to manage this is, well, you know, wherever you can do great buys to provide that extra value. But I really think a lot of this just goes back to that previous suggestion of optimizing your vendor relationships. If you have optimal vendor relationships, even if their product goes on sale, you should be reasonably insulated from those discounts. Um, it's just always going to be a challenge, but consumers are always going to expect things to go on sale. So this is really where you have to be strategic about what makes sense to display, what makes sense to stock, what makes sense for your partners, for your showroom. And again, that's going to vary for everybody. There is no one size fits all solution here. So the last few uh, tips. Well, here's one. And then the other two, I'm going to combine into one because, well, we're running a bit long. I love this topic. <laughs> um, the other kind of conventional wisdom on margins is to do upsell sales and add on sales. Um, you know, in my own showroom, uh, you're going to get a question if you, <laughs> you don't sell light bulbs with a fixture, if the light bulbs aren't already included, I'm going to ask, I'm going to want to know why not. You're, so, you know, there's any number of add-ons and upsells we can do in our industry, making sure that your staff is appropriately trained and knowledgeable about those upsell opportunities is a challenge. And as something as a showroom owner or manager, you really need to spend time on because when a, sh when a salesperson is going to upsell, it doesn't need to come off as an upsell pitch. <laughs> Consumers will shut that down so quick. But if it's just a part of the conversation, the dialogue, um, well, you're, you're doing this, wouldn't it, um, if we, if we do this thing, um, yeah, it increases the price, but you get these other benefits. Like as, as long as it is always uh, a part of the, the customer's best interest, um, doing those add-on and upsell opportunities are actually fairly easy, but you do just have to be very strategic and knowledgeable about how you present them. If it's just kind of like, 
stuff thrown at the wall and hoping something sticks, consumers do tend to be pretty savvy and see right through that. And they'll just say, no, thank you. Just give me what I already asked for and we agreed upon. So um, that is always and will always be an opportunity to boost margins via add-on and upsell. And this is where also having that other product mix of maybe a little bit higher margin goods that you're adding on to every sale is really important. They came for a ceiling fan. They left with a ceiling fan and a cute little gift basket for their um, hostess gift for a party they're going to later that day. So any way that you can like add on with those higher margin goods is super, super useful. So the last margin tip <laughs> that I felt that I really like and that really resonated with me and was like, oh, I, I need to work on this more for my store is to increase your your showroom brand's trustworthiness and perceived value. So that's kind of like to me two sides of the same coin a bit. But when you think about it, like Google reviews <laughs> are like the best <laughs> and having a bunch of Google reviews all like in the four and five star range really just gives your showroom such perceived value for potential shoppers and peace of mind knowing that if they go there, they're going to get a good experience that chances are that everything's going to go well because their perception of your store based on like online reviews is tremendous. So, like Google reviews is the easy thing, but in all of your communications with the public at large, so via your social media, via emails, um, Google ads, whatever you're focusing on, um, I think it's really, really important to build in an element of perceived value via your expert staff and trustworthiness. We understand the challenges of buying a new fan. We understand the challenges of LED lighting technology in, you know, as it exists today. We understand we are here for you. We will explain it to you. We'll answer all of your questions. Whatever you need, our business is here for you. We have got your back. You can trust us. We are your partners. We just want your home to be the safe, welcoming, wonderful place that you want it to be. And it is our mission to get you there. So if you have this sense that you're cultivating across all of your consumer outreach that increases your trustworthiness and the value, the perceived value of your brand and what you offer customers, oh my gosh, it's so tremendous. Me, as just think about it with like you as a shopper, where are you going to want to go? You want to go and spend your money with brands that you trust, with with people that you know. It's so, so critical. And I just think as um, lighting and fan showroom retailers, sometimes we just like, we know we're the experts and we just assume the public at large knows that too. But how are they going to know? You know, I... I that before I came into this industry, I don't know that it ever would have occurred to me to go to a specialty store. I probably would have just gone to a big box store, true moment, confessional. I probably would have. I don't think it would have occurred to me to understand the value of a specialty business like a lighting or plumbing showroom. It wouldn't have occurred to me. Now you buy the wrong thing a few times. 
<laughs> and it quickly becomes clear. <laughs> so these are like the messages that we need to communicate as an industry, not only really in the showroom side, but as an industry at large. Um, again, if you're a listener at all to the podcast and things we've been doing, the, the concept I've always had around this idea is why lighting showrooms. We do bring a lot of value to the people that shop with us, that understand um, all of the ins and outs, the expertise required for these positions um, or for these decisions for a homeowner. So really focusing on that, everyone in this industry focusing on that together and really supporting the value of a lighting showroom. That is like my dream for how I want the future of the lighting and fan industry to go. Um, I just think there is so much opportunity there and it would benefit all of us. And in that pie I was talking about, so if there's like four slices out of it now and the showroom pie has been shrinking, if we can really hone in on the importance of why your lighting showroom is so important for customers, why you're so helpful, you if you have all this trustworthiness and great perceived value built into your showroom, well then maybe your your pie starts to grow just a little bit more. And maybe the e-com pie shrinks a little. Maybe the big pucks pie slice shrinks a little. And I really think as showrooms, that's what we need to be focusing on the most. Not the fact that there's multiple pieces of pie, but how do we increase our slice of pie. What is the value that a showroom brings that is necessary, that is useful? And don't forget those margins. Increase those margins. Use any number of the tips here. Email me your own tip for increasing margins, something that's been super successful in your showroom that you want to share with me um, that might help other showrooms. Um, really, the stronger we all are together, the better our whole industry becomes. I know that for a fact. Thank you again to Fanimation for sponsoring this episode of Lighting with Lisa. Till next time, everyone. Take care.